Our Bibles are open to Acts chapter 6. The passage that Brother Michael read a moment ago in John 12, 26 forms the background for this, ver this passage. If any man will serve me, him will my father honor. If any man will serve me, him will my father honor. Now that doesn't say if any man will serve me, I'll save him. We're saved before we ever serve the Lord. We're saved just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. We never have to get ourselves better. We never have to labor with our hands to please God in order to be saved. Salvation comes when we humble ourselves and say, Lord, I don't even deserve heaven. I deserve hell. And I want to ask Christ to come into my heart and be my personal Savior and Lord. Then when that happens, we begin to read in John 12 and other related passages, he that would save his life will lose it. He that will lose his life for my sake shall save it. If any man will serve me, him will my Father honor. This is talking about believers. It's talking about Christians. It's talking about people who are already saved, already born again. And he said, I'll honor those who serve me, which implies that there are some believers who do not serve the Lord. And that's a dark hour in our lives. There are some believers, there are some juniors, some teens, some college students, some young married people, some middle-aged people, some old people who do not serve the Lord. What a tragedy. Well, the early church had some problems, and they knew they needed somebody to help them. The apostles were doing an excellent job, but they remembered what Jesus said, if any man will serve me, him will my father honor. And so they began to look for some people to assist in the church. And we begin in Acts chapter 6. Listen to these words. And in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not fitting that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look among you for seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenius, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. They set these before the apostles. When they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. And in chapter 8, we read that Philip went down to Samaria in verse 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. Now, notice there was a decided need. There was murmuring and grumbling among the church. What a tragedy when that happens. There were people thinking that somebody else had 
more dibbies than somebody else. Maybe the apostles were paying more attention to one group than another. A lot of our jealousy is imagined. A lot of our jealousy is imagined. Just because my doctor came and operated on me didn't give Cleo Butler a reason to get jealous because he didn't come and operate on him. You say, well, that's silly. But that's what happens a lot of times. You don't know that the spiritual surgery that has to take place on some people's lives and, and you have to give some time there. And so to just say, oh, we're jealous. They just spend all the time with this group or that group or the other group. All through the years, I've tried to spend a lot of time with young people. There was a time in our deacons when some of our deacons thought I spent too much time with young people. And I said to them, if you don't want a preacher that will do that, you better get you a different preacher. And the man that brought that up was sorry because his own son was called to preach. I want to tell you, jealousy is as cruel as the grave. And in this particular incident, they were jealous of each other. One was being favored over another they imagined. Well, the disciples were wise. Those apostles were wise. So they said, well, we're going we're to do something about it. We will, it is not right for us to leave the word of God and so on. So he said, uh, we call the 12 disciples, and it is not fitting for us to leave the word of God. Verse 3, wherefore, brethren, look out among you seven men. There was a determined qualification for those who would assist in the service of the Lord. And I want to tell you, if you want to serve the Lord, there are some qualifications. Anybody can be saved. Anybody can be saved. Anybody can be saved. If you're here today and you're not saved, there's not one sin that you've committed, not one dark blot in your life that God can't erase. Wash away with this blood. But when you're saved, if you want to be used by God, there are some qualifications. Don't get this mixed up. Don't go out and say the preacher said you have to do this and this and this and this to get to heaven. That isn't true. You just have to trust the blood of Jesus Christ who cleanses from all sin. But if you want to be a servant of God and you want to tune in to John 12, 26, if any man will serve me, him will my father honor, then there's some qualifications. And they're listed right here. Listen to them. Choose out seven men of, number one, honest report. That has to do with the outside. Somebody that is known as honest. That is, they pay their debts. They are what they are all the time. I'm amazed, amazed sometimes when I talk to unsaved people. And they'll bring up some such person. They say, blah, blah, does that person go to your church? And I say, yeah, I know them. He says, is he a Christian? This is an unsaved person talking. Well, I said, he says he's a Christian. I guess he is. Well, he cusses just like I do. He gambles just like I do. He drinks just like I do. Honest report on the outside. If you want to be a servant of God, you need to watch where you are, what you do, where you go. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. 
Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. He is a new creature. If you want to be a servant of God, you need to be a new creature in Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's dead be reconciled to God. Honest report. Full of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. Full of the Holy Spirit. Now, what does it mean to be full of the Holy Spirit? It means that we have a desire in our heart day by day by day that says, Lord, I have a leaky vessel. I know I got saved and I got filled with the Holy Spirit, but I haven't been as close to you as I want to be and as I need to be. And day by day, I ask you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. There's only one baptism of the Holy Spirit, and that's when we get saved. But there are many, many indwellings of the Spirit. In Ephesians 4, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. And in Ephesians 5, 18, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Day by day by day. Now, a couple of you guys back there, you didn't believe what I was saying a while ago. I'm going to get you to come up here and help me preach if I see that anymore. The little guy right behind my other friend. All right. Sitting on that next row there. Yeah, that's right. You. Don't, don't talk and laugh and giggle. All right. I love you, but don't do that. All right. Amen. Thank you. Good. Good job. Now, he says, you're going to be what God wants you to be. Be a separate person. Come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and let the Holy Spirit fill you. Now, one of the evidences of the Holy Spirit's fullness is that we care about souls. You know, the most important thing that led Jesus from glory to earth was the souls of you and me. If we're a believer in Christ and we have no burden for souls, we're not serving Him. If we are a believer in Christ and we have no burden for souls, we're not serving Him. Well, how is that burden for souls exhibited. You say, well, I just do it privately. Nobody's business what I do. Sure, it's every, you're everybody's business. When you gave your life to the Lord to serve Him, you started living in a fish pond, a glass fish pond, and everybody can see. You hear at church, here on Sunday night, Wednesday night, do you go soul winning? You got a Sunday school class, you, are you really trying to build it and reach more people, or are you just content with the fish that come? See, there's a burden for souls. One of the outstanding men of God that we've had in our church is Mickey Berkeley. All the years that I've known him, he's been earnest in trying to reach people. Every Saturday he comes and gives his time to the bus ministry. Every Sunday, gets up early, drives that bus all over the place, brings in scores and scores of people. Why does he do that? I never praise him. He doesn't do it to get praise of men. He does it because there's something in his heart that says, I care about souls. The evidence of the Holy Spirit. You see, the evidence of the Holy Spirit is not clapping and laughing and lifting your hands, waving them all around like that. That's not the evidence of the Holy Spirit. 
The evidence of the Holy Spirit is inside of you that gives you a motivation and a drive to reach people. Can you imagine Jesus doing all that? Look at this. You think Jesus would do this? He was filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. And do you know what? There's no record of his ever doing that. But there's plenty of record of his going after lost souls, trying to reach the unsaved, bringing them to Jesus. If we're going to serve him, honest report, full of the Holy Spirit. And then he says, full of wisdom. Now, where do you get wisdom? We get wisdom from the Word of God. There are plenty of people that are unstable. <laughs> if the shoe fits, wear it. Don't get mad at me about it. But uh, you know, there's some people so unstable, they can't decide what kind of haircut to have. One day they'll get a thing down here, saw somebody had a cross in the back of their hair, and so on. And then other people will go up like that, and up like that, and they'll push at the top. And others will wear ear earrings on here, and earrings on here, and a nose ring here. You know why they do that? They're unstable in all their ways. They think that'll make them look nice. Stable people remain the same, consistent, all through the years. Just on and on and on and on. The scripture says, whatever you find yourself in when you're called, continue in it. Wisdom has to do with how to use the facts that you know in a godly way. And those who are to be servants of God, I'm not saying you have to do this to be saved. Please understand it. But if you're going to be a servant of God, there needs to be a consistency and a stability that relates to wisdom. Wisdom. Well, what else did he say? Listen to this. whom we may appoint over this business. They're available. You know, it's not your ability, but it's your availability that really counts with God. Your ability versus your ability, your, uh, your availability. I know people by the hundreds who are able. One of the men of our church a number of years ago exhibited all the characteristics of somebody God could use. Wonderful voice. Good personality. Respected. But he was never available to be appointed over this business. He wanted to run it all. I want to tell you, one of the, one of the characteristics of a servant of God is to have a servant attitude. Lord, what will you have me to do? And those who are spiritually trying to help you, how can I help? What can I do? A servant's attitude, whom we may appoint over this business. They're appointable. They're available. Tackle, he came to college. He had just been saved. I was present in the service at at uh, where he was near Fort Knox. 
at Vine Grove the day you made a profession of faith. It was during the revival meeting we were there. I was there the night he was baptized. He came to Western, majored in math, engineering, and so on. And you know what happened? His mother and dad didn't like it because he got saved. And secondly, they said, now, Tack, I don't know why they brought this up to him. They said, Tack, there's one thing you can never do. You can't be a preacher. I don't know whether that gave him the idea or not. They brought it up. You can never be a preacher. And so Tack went through school. He came to everything, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, visitation, so on. And God began to deal with his heart. And one night about 2 o'clock in the morning, back here in the library, Tack called me aside and he said, I believe God's calling me, but my dad and mother said, I can't do it. What shall I do? I said, Tack, you do what God tells you to do. You do what God tells you to do. On another night, we were over that big hall at Western Pierce Ford, up in his room, and he and R.B. were roommates. We got down on our knees, and Tack gave his life to the Lord. He surrendered to preach. He began to serve the Lord and go on and on and on and on and on and on with God. Today, he's our missionary in Japan, he and Lana. Well, what happened to his parents? His mother got saved. His daddy came back to the Lord. You see, you can't outgive God. Don't listen to human wisdom. Do what God says to do. Do what God says to do. Let every man be a liar, but God is the truth. Well, let's see what happened. The congregation liked what the preachers were saying, and so they set aside the seven men. Notice they were not appointed. The apostles didn't go up and say, I want you and you and you and you and you. They didn't do that. The congregation did it, just like we do here. And then when those men were appointed, listen to the result. Man alive, you ever read anything like this? Verse 7. The word of God increased, the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith, and Stephen, full of faith, got up and testified about Jesus and influenced Saul of Tarsus to become a Christian. And Philip went down to Samaria and held a great revival meeting, and there was great joy in that city. And then God said, Philip, I'm through with you here. I want you to go down to a road named Gaza. And uh, you talk to somebody, I'll tell you who when we get there. So Philip obediently got up and went, left that revival meeting, went down on that lonely road to Gaza, and he saw a chariot coming along. And in that chariot was a eunuch who was great authority with the queen of Ethiopia. He was reading the scriptures. And Philip cried out, do you know what you're reading? And the man said, how can I unless somebody show me? And Philip climbed up in that chariot and opened to the 53rd chapter of, uh, of Isaiah, and, and he began to preach to him Jesus. And in a little while, you know, he preached the whole gospel. In a little while, that eunuch said, uh, said see, here's some water. What does hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you can be baptized. So they went down in the water, came up, he baptized him. The eunuch went down to, uh, to Ethiopia and started a great work. I met an Ethiopian some time ago in Jericho, 
And I said, tell us about your church down in Ethiopia. I said, was it one, one time part of the Catholic Church? He said, no, 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 we never came out of the Catholic Church. He said, we date ourselves back to that eunuch that got saved on the road to Ethiopia. And he came, he came home and preached Jesus. And people got saved, and we had a great, great church. And all through the years, there's been a great church there because of the witness of one of these men who began to serve the Lord. Now, ladies and gentlemen, do you want to serve the Lord? There's a qualification for it. Just anybody can be saved. But if you want to be used by God, there are qualifications. Who then is willing to offer himself to the Lord? Who then is willing to say, here am I, Lord, use me? Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for the word of God that is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. We pray that just now someone would turn away from sin and turn to Christ and trust you as Savior. That every one of us who are already saved would say within our heart, Lord, I want to be your servant. I'm willing to follow these qualifications. I want to be used by God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand, please. What page? 312. Come every soul by sin oppressed. There's mercy with the Lord. He will surely give you rest by trusting in his word. Only trust him. If you're here today and you're not saved... Would you come to Jesus this morning? If you already are saved and you haven't been baptized, you know you're disobeying the Lord. You don't mean to. I know you're not purposely saying, well, Lord, I'm just not going to do it. But you didn't understand. The first act of obedience after you're saved is baptism. Praise the Lord this week. Several people that are here, we're in our kids' crusade, came and professed faith in Christ and were baptized. God bless you. How many of you were baptized this last week? Lift your hands. Look at that. God bless you. That's wonderful. Now, others have trusted Christ, but you've never been baptized. You need to do that. Then the Lord may have his hand on somebody, and you'd be willing to say, Lord, use me. You know what God tells you about that? And there may be some who are members of other churches, and God wants you to come at Glendale. You do what God tells you to do. While we begin to sing, we step out for Christ.